The Touchdown City Show is presented by Salango Law, where you don't get excuses, you get results. Visit them online at salangolaw.com. to you from the Stone Church Studio in St. Albans, West Virginia. Here's your host, Anthony Lewis, along with Avon Coborn and Derek Bailey. This is the Touchdown City Show. Welcome into the Touchdown City Show, presented by Salengo Law. I'm Anthony Lewis, coming to you from the Stone Church Studio. Joining me in the studio today, Michael Sussman, Derek Bailey, and the GOAT, Avon Coburn, over here looking like Bobby Walmack. <laughs> I like them glasses, man. Don't, these are my Tony Starks, baby. Yeah, man. Those are, <laughs> but I'll have to show you a picture. You know who Bobby Womack is, don't you? Yeah. Singer? yeah. All right. <laughs> but, we all thought Bobby Womack. <laughs> <laughs> all right, but welcome into the Touchdown City Show. Uh, Celebrating the WVU victory over Baylor 43-40 to 40 in front of a crowd of 45,000, which has had to have been a lie. Dang. Oh, there wasn't 45,000 people there. It might have been, though, to be honest with you. It was it – was, it was full on on the on the um, player side. It was just those areas, student section and, and the little section at the top. It was it was pretty nice. It was pretty nice. Well, you you went to the game. Yeah, it was awesome. Took the fam up. <laughs> yeah, it was great. <laughs> it was great. Yeah. Rain held off. Yeah, that was fantastic. I mean, and and I got some amazing jerk chicken too at the tailgate. It was phenomenal, man. Who who um. Did I see Angel Estrada there with you? Yeah, Angel was there. Actually, Scott McBride, uh, old quarterback. No kidding. Scotty hmm. McBride. He shouldn't be allowed in, should he? Oh, he beat the <laughs> snot out of us. Yeah. Honestly, we should just let him come in. I mean, the way he did us, I mean, he pretty much owns yeah. part of the real estate up there. He does. Absolutely. Yeah. And it's funny how that works, though. Like, you know, a guy like Scotty McBride comes back. Everyone thinks that people should hate people. I mean, those. That's, oh, no. 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 When you go through. Mike Barr was workouts together. You yeah, guys are bonded. It's, it's business decisions. It's yeah. business decisions. That's Absolutely. what they are. They're business decisions. But uh, West Virginia held on to win uh, in front in front of forty five thousand people. Three and three on the season. One and two in the Big Twelve. Um, now West Virginia's played Baylor eleven times. Seven four. Seven and four is the record. And um, six and zero oh in Morgantown. Baylor. Baylor has a mental block in Morgantown. It's clear. Because they've brought some really good teams into Morgantown and lost that one year, it cost them a playoff. Yeah, right. yeah, it's kind of crazy. We we hit that quarter. That quarterback was smooth, man. He 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 made it go for him and knocked him out the game. That that took a rhythm that off won, of him. That won the game, in my opinion. Absolutely, that won the game. Yeah. What did uh, well, just in general, what you guys think of the game? You know, kind of a bounce back for the Mountaineers. Um, awesome game. The offense really stepped up when it needed to. Our pass defense definitely got torched with the four hundred and twenty yards but made the plays when they needed to. Jazier Cox coming up big twice. And we finally got a happy post-game press conference. No awkward tension. Uh, we, we got to keep it positive this you week. You weren't grilling him in there this week? I asked about the pass defense. Yeah, he didn't like that. He, 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 it was, I, I just listened to it a little bit ago. He, um, he kind of like backed himself down and then explained everything as far as, but uh, you know, that's, Hey man, that's what they pay you 4 million to do is answer questions. We know the defense is not really going to stop anything, but also if they're going to play that poorly, that's fine. 
They scored a touchdown. They got stops when they needed it. They forced turnovers. If you can't like if you can't stop anybody, the key is forcing turnovers. Yep. They were plus two in turnover margin, and they scored a touchdown. That's about as well as you can do when you're kind of limited on defense. So overall, the game was great. Uh, I really felt like WVU. If you'd have told me they would have scored a defensive touchdown, been plus two in turnover margin, had a blocked PAT return for two. And the backup played for Baylor in the second half. I thought they'd have won by 40. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, on the offensive side of the ball, JT Daniels finished tonight 24-38 with 283 yards. Only had one in the end zone. He threw one touchdown to Prather. But um, I, th- I thought he would be good for at least two. He's been putting up two. I would like to see him get to three. But had a pick. Um, what would you guys think of JT? That was terrible. That was just <laughs> – I don't know. I mean, I looking at it on the field, I'm like – because I'm looking, I'm like, who are you throwing? Just throw it away. What are you? That was the dumbest throw I think he's made all year. I'm going to say it was a bad throw. It was a poor choice, poor decision. He should have thrown the ball away. Here's the bigger question for me. Why are you throwing the football on first down? I know it was first and 15, but with three minutes left right after you force a turnover, run the ball. You had ran all night. The offensive line was very, very good on Thursday night. That was the best game they've played in a long time. Why are you even throwing on first down? Run. Just run the ball. I, I disagree with you on that. I mean, you got a JT Daniels. You throw whenever you want to throw it. You know what I mean? You you expect him to make decisions that are better than what he did. And and again, I don't think I, he's going to learn from that. To me, I, I thought it was a good play. I mean, I, let me let me rephrase that. I think the pass was a good play. Cutting off half the field when you got a, a pocket passer, I don't think is ever a good a good play for for that type of a player. Unless you're you know you need two yards or something like that, but. To me, I, I thought a drop back pass was was a good call for that, you know, uh, for that down and distance. I just, I mean, I, I just, I would have ran. Just my opinion. Just, I mean, I think with three. So for me, at three thirty, I would have ran my offense. If it would have been under three, I would have started running the football to make it burn the timeouts. I mean, I I get it. It's just right there on the border, and I don't think that he felt comfortable running the clock punting it back to them because mm-hmm. they were just torching our defense. I think he thought if we Let's don't go. make a move, we got to be aggressive here or they're going to come back down the field and score. I mean, I see that side of it, but you also have a Baylor player out there at quarterback, the most important position on offense, that's in his first probably career game. He probably hadn't played very much otherwise other than blowouts. And in a situation like that with three minutes left in the ball game, I would have I would have taken my chances on that. I mean, I know you're taking a big risk, but I would have just ran. Mm-hmm. What what Mathis Mathis ended with 165 yards rushing on what 25 carries? 20, he had 22 carries, 163 yards, two touchdowns. Yeah, seven I mean, and a half a carry. Yeah, that was that was fantastic. But going back to the play, I mean that 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 drive or or that um, situation, you want to continue, and that's what I like about Graham. He is going to continue to be aggressive at all times, and. I just don't think that was a good play call cutting cutting off the field. That that, that to me was was not a good play call with a type of passer we had. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Mathis and Johnson played well, and and we've talked about it the whole season. The fact that you've got three solid running backs in the and that makes me feel good about you know if you have an injury, which we did, you still got two guys yep. that can put up numbers. And Mathis played like he wasn't looking over his shoulder this week. And that. To, that is the that is that is the the game changer for him when he doesn't have to look over his shoulder and he knows he's the man. He's not. He's going to go out and make deci- be decisive. I heard Coach say it. Uh, he's going to be more decisive because he knows 
okay, I'm going to come out when I'm tired as opposed to, all right, it's his, I got two series to make a play. If I don't make a play, you know, we're just going to rotate type of thing. It's amazing how much more decisive he was, like, and it made him look so much faster and quicker. Mm-hmm. Like, he did not look like the same running back Thursday night as he did the previous four or five games, and he just looked much quicker and faster to me. Yeah, I thought he looked great. Um, you know, and again, not having to look over your shoulder at practice all week really helps. You know, he finished the game with 163 yards. Justin Johnson carried the ball 48 yards and a touchdown. Hell of a run by him. Yeah, that was fantastic. I mean, that was a great run. Um, you know, he kind of just electrified that play. So, you know, the Mountaineers offensively look great. Um, but let's take a break. When we come back, we can finish talking a little bit about the offense. I want to talk about the defense. Some great things happened on that side of the ball, I thought, except for the defensive backfield. But there was a couple of good – some highlights from that side of the ball. So, uh, we'll do all that when we come back. The Touchdown City Show will be back right after this. The relationship between a lawyer and a client is based on trust. You have to make certain that the lawyer you hire has your best interests at heart. This is attorney Ben Salango. Just like the Mountaineers are fighting hard on the field, the Salango Law Firm will fight hard to win your case. Whether it's medical malpractice, automobile or trucking accidents, hiring an experienced lawyer will make a difference in the outcome of your case. When you hire my law firm, you get results, not excuses. Check us out at salangolaw.com. This is the sound of a rodent escaping from your mousetraps. This is the sound when you see them running in your home. Did you know, for every rodent you see, there could be hundreds you don't. There could be one in your kitchen cupboard, another under the fridge. Chances are, you don't want to know where the rest are hiding. Since 1963, Alford Home Solutions has been the local name you trust for pest control service. For a free estimate, visit AlfordHomeSolutions.com. Welcome back to the Touchdown City Show. Welcome back to the Touchdown City Show. Thank you guys for tuning in this week and checking out the show. And if you like the radio version, head over to your favorite podcast format and find the Touchdown City Show on Apple, Spotify, Google, wherever you listen to your podcasts and you can listen again. And you can also listen to extended versions of our interviews that we when we have guests on the show. So, gentlemen, um, you know, again, West Virginia beats Baylor for the sixth time in Morgantown, which is pretty good feat but um you know defensively whoo that was that was hard to watch man um and you know when it what it boils down to is basically the defensive backfield with the transfers these guys they are what they are mm-hmm. you, these are your guys you just got to roll with it and zone defense man uh, i mean we didn't we, we played man the one time and got torched um, I think it was I think we played a little bit more, but I remember the one play. It was man to man on the left side. You know they threw a bomb and and Buddy just was running down the field. <laughs> but you know it's, it was one of those things, man. Like when you have a zone defense and you gotta you have a half decent quarterback that can you know anticipate and throw it in the holes, you're gonna get you're gonna get dismantled. And we are just so porous on that back end. It is it is unreal of why that's not like the. You know, when we, when I played, it was a lot of, okay, we're going to run this play a thousand times, f- five different scenarios. Okay, this way. Okay, we're going to, you know, and they don't do – I can tell they don't do that because they do not break down uh, and know where, where their hole is going to be so they can converge on it. 
with the youth in the secondary too, it looks like there's a lot of miscommunications, even if they're playing zone or man or they don't know what to do, and it, they just leave guys running wide open. It, it looked like the other night there was a play on a slant. Like, well, it wasn't really a slant. It was kind of a – it was the long touchdown pass. Mm-hmm. There were two guys from Baylor right in the same spot, and there were two guys from WV right in the same spot. But they went with the other guy, and then the other dude catches the pass for the touchdown. So, I mean, it's like a lack of communication. It's just youth on defense. I don't think they're all that talented either. But credit to that defense because the targeting penalty probably won the game. <laughs> and, the, and the fumble recovery for a touchdown was absolutely gigantic because you're probably going to be behind 24 to 10 right there, and instead you're tied at 17. Yeah, West Virginia's forced to turn over 10 of their last 13 games on the defensive side of the ball. So, you know, we talked about – we talk about it all the time when we're texting – for West Virginia to win games moving forward, they're going to have to get some from some help from the defense in some right. way. Some mm-hmm. you know they've got to do something, and if, they did it the other night. If just force turnovers, just for I mean, just be just force turnovers and be opportunistic. That's what that's the only thing they can do. I mean, because I just don't think they're very good in the back end. And the rest of these teams we play, they're gonna they're gonna throw the football, <laughs> uh, and they better throw the football. And I mean, the, the different we we do force turnovers, but we never get them all the time. Well, we force you know them to give up the ball but most of the time we we don't get it we don't yeah. we're in position but we never make it and like you say Anthony for us to win games we're going to have that done especially when you're you're going against teams that that just that are fantastic throwing the football well one of the defensive backs i mean that the J- Jacoby Spells is he's a true freshman and That's, he, and he's he's pretty good man i mean to stick a, I haven't. I can't tell you the last time I saw a true freshman get out there and, and play there's, as much as there's him. just a lot of youth. I mean, with youth come, it's going to be growing pains. It's the right. way it is. Even if the offense had all this youth, probably be talking about how West Virginia is losing every game twenty one to ten because they're turning the ball over and giving up sacks and everything else. It's just the way it is. The way football goes sometimes. Darius Stills finally came alive. It was, I was happy the, for him. The de- I thought the defensive line was pretty good. They were yeah. disruptive. I thought they were pretty solid. I mean, they got gashed on some runs, but you're gonna you're gonna have that in today's football. You're gonna have that. And and it wasn't it wasn't a huge like I mean the front seven is has been solid the entire year. Um, you know Dante he played fantastic. Like when it when when crunch time came he Darius, showed up. I meant Dante. Uh, he set the, he set a record. Well, he tied the tackle for loss record. I thought I thought he broke it. I thought he got one later in the game and broke it. Maybe I'm wrong. I thought he well, – I'll have to double-check. Yeah, I know you're right, sure. he did. I was so just he, I thought he, he broke, broke the record. That's Grant Wiley's yeah, record. Grant Wiley's, yeah. yeah. So, here's my question about records like that. With this with this um, Extra bonus year. year that these yeah. guys are getting. Asterisk. Uh, man, extra, I don't know. Extra games. Yeah, extra games. and I mean, ex, the extra games don't bother me because, you know, things evolve. But this yeah. extra bonus year right. that these guys are getting, I mean – I don't know. It's kind of like the home run record. Is is Grant still the tackle king or is is Dante? Dante got it. You know, I mean, you got to give it to him because it, it happens. It, it happens the way it happens. Uh, but, again, he showed up, man. He showed up in a big way. He showed up in a way Block when you support. needed him. When you needed yes, him, yes. he showed up. And I was like, finally, the yeah. king has arrived. Like, do your thing, big boy. The, the block, the blocked extra point was a massive oh, play. Yeah. It was a massive play as well. Huge. Yeah, yeah, that was the first time in school history that we've returned a block extra point for a touchdown. Wow! According to the for, notes, for two, for yeah, two. For two. Two. yeah, for two, yeah, for two. Also, you know, that was the first time that we've blocked an extra point. When do you think the last time the Mountaineers have done that? You were playing, Jerry Porter. And I think. A, hold on, didn't he score? He scored on that, or was that a? That might have been a field goal. That's a field goal. He jumped over the guy. Blocked it, blocked it, and, and went and scored. Mm-hmm. Um, that was what ninety nine, uh, yeah, ninety nine. Last time we've done it was 0-1 against Maryland. Wow, Rick Sherrod. 
Rick I don't Sherman. remember that at all. Well, blocked the field goal or went to the, the extra, extra point. point. Oh, yeah, extra point. Um, the quarterback Blake Shapen from Baylor. I mean, if he doesn't get knocked out of the game, we don't win. Oh, he was going to throw for five hundred. <laughs> well, he damn near. He yeah. threw he for three hundred sixty-two yards in, in, in what, what two, two, quarters? two quarters in the possession. Yeah, he was fourteen to twenty-two, three hundred sixty-two yards and two touchdowns. Like That's he was torching us, and yeah. I was just like, you know, you don't want to see anybody get hurt. But the same thing with Oklahoma K State a few weeks ago. They knocked yeah. the Oklahoma quarterback yeah. out, and it's like, okay, <laughs> we got a game now. We, we, so, we, we, yeah. we might win this thing. Yeah, we sacrificed a guy, but. You know, you get it done, but uh, he it's was good, going ham out there. And then Drones comes in. He was his first couple possessions. He threw some nice balls. Absolutely, he he, he struggled good. down the stretch, but he threw some nice balls those first couple possessions. They, they pressured him into that that pick, but um, he he's going to be good. He's a, like a four star, five star kid. He he was. I mean, th- that that starting quarterback. I was like, oh my goodness, we this is, has to be a track meet. And and if we didn't get that that return. That kind of gave us momentum to, to 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 say, okay, we can still be in this game. And then when they knocked him out, it was like, okay, we're probably going to win this game. I, I do think I agree. I think that the defensive touchdown was probably the biggest play of that game, right? Because it, it put us back in the driver's seat of yep. being able to catch up. Because I think it was like seven. It was like seventeen to. It was seventeen it was 20, to ten. No, I think we were still down. Was it seventeen? It was seventeen ten, okay, and they were, gonna, they were. I'm not going to question. They, but they were. They were. But they were driving. I mean, you know, they're going right. to score, right, right. and you get the score. So I mean, it's a huge swing. Yeah, that was big. That was big, and, yes. and for us to you know go score and and just give us momentum. I mean, the stadium got electric, and you know, my kids were let's go. Man. It was awesome. <laughs> it was awesome. Well, when we come back, we're going to have a report from Michael Sussman. Uh, he was in the locker room with Coach Brown, antagonizing him again this week. <laughs> easy, easy. I asked him one nice question. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Uh, but uh, we'll do all that when we come back. And don't forget, head over to TouchdownCity.com. Pick up your favorite Touchdown City shirt. Use the promo code TDC10, and we'll hook you up with that. We'll be back with Michael Sussman after this. The Touchdown City Show will be back right after this. Hey guys, it's buy one, get one free boneless wings every Thursday at Buffalo Wild Wings. And guess what? You're going to be a dad? What? No. It's boneless Thursdays, which means free wings. <laughs> You'd be a great dad. Buy one, get one free boneless wings every Thursday. Only at Buffalo Wild Wings. Buy one, get one of equal value free at participating locations for a limited time. While supplies last, limit one, not valid with other offers, size exclusions apply, delivery and takeout valid on Buffalo Wild Wings website or app. may apply. It's Mountaineer football season at Tony the Tailor. Tony the Tailor is the Valley's preeminent men's clothing store. Master Tailor Anthony Perizzino has assembled an extraordinary combination of world-renowned vendors and support staff with one goal in mind, to exceed your expectations. In addition to hand-tailored clothing, Tony the Tailor also sells quality WVU apparel from Johnny O to show your support for the Mountaineers. Use promo code Let's Go for 20% off WVU apparel at bestmastertailor.com. Welcome back to the Touchdown City Show. Hello, it's Michael Sussman here with this week's Touchdown City recap brought to you by Salango Law. The Mountaineers pulled out a resilient victory in Morgantown Thursday, knocking off the Baylor Bears 43-40. With the win, West Virginia improves to 3-3 overall and 1-2 in conference play. Here's head coach Neil Brown postgame. Proud of our group. We overcame adversity, and I, and I said this after Virginia Tech, and I'll say it again. I think the demise is is kind of 
getting ahead of itself. You know, we've won three or four. This league's going to be wide open. There's a bunch of really good football teams. That team just won the Big 12 championship last year, and they got a bunch of guys back. West Virginia grabbed a 7 to nothing lead with three minutes left in the first quarter behind a seven-yard touchdown scamper from tailback Tony Mathis. Here's what the sophomore had to say on the play. Mm, just following my blockers. Uh, one hole went in there, went to the side of my other blockers, and it was there. So just following my old lineman, they did a very great job, opened up a lot of lanes tonight. So definitely just following them and trusting all the coaching points. The Bears took the momentum in the second quarter, outscoring West Virginia 21-10. Baylor quarterback Blake Shapin exploited a vulnerable Mountaineer pass defense, erupting for 294 first-half yards through the air. Here's what Neil Brown had to say on some of the deep pass plays given up by the Mountaineer defense. Yeah, we would rather not give up. I don't think this is earth-shattering. We'd rather not give up deep pass plays, regardless down the middle or on sidelines at all. All right, so what they were doing is they did a pretty good – They or not pretty good. They did a really good job. Uh, they were clearing and bringing a dig under. You know, we lost Rashad Ajayi. We lost McCormick. And then we lost Wilson Lamp in the third quarter. But they, some of it was scheme and some of us we got to drive on the ball. And a couple of those weren't on the secondary. Linebackers weren't underneath the dig like they should have been. The Mountaineer defense made perhaps the biggest play of the night at the 241 mark in the second quarter when Jazir Cox recovered a fumble and took it 65 yards to the house to tie the game at 17. I think at practice we, we emphasize uh, country ball, city ball, uh, knowing if any guy's around, you know, you can scoop and score. And we practice those every single day. So it was more so a routine play for me to, you know, secure the ball. And then I seen daylight and I just ran with it. West Virginia trailed at 24-17 at the halftime break and would come out of the locker room swinging as quarterback JT Daniels hit Caden Prather for a 24-yard touchdown pass to tie up the game. It was a career night for Prather who would total 109 yards receiving and here's what the sophomore had to say on some of the soft spots in the Baylor secondary. It was covered too and um, that safety walled uh, that slot a lot and uh, Coach Harrell uh, knew that those digs were going to be wide open. So we took advantage of him. Following a Baylor fumble, Tony Mathis gave West Virginia a 42-37 lead with 7.06 left in the game, scoring on the ground from 34 yards out. Mathis had his best game of the season by far, rushing for 163 yards and two TDs on a season-high 22 carries. This is what the Orlando native had to say on establishing a rhythm in the Mountaineer offense. Very nice. I feel like that definitely helped, helped me a lot. Be decisive because I'm a better runner when I'm decisive and my shoulders are square and I've been working on that all week and that's what happened. Down the stretch, Baylor kicker John Mayers drilled a 44-yard field goal to tie the game at 40 inside of two minutes to play. That would set the stage for a 61-yard game-winning drive led by the always-composed JT Daniels. And the Mountaineers would bring on kicker Casey Legg for the go-ahead field goal, which he put right down the middle from 22 yards out to go ahead 43-40 with just 35 seconds remaining. Here's what Legg had to say on the moments leading up to the game winner. I have the same routine like that I do pretty much every time the ball, uh, the offense gets the ball past 50. So I was trying to stick to that, but honestly, I was thinking, I wonder what my mom's doing up in the stands right there, right now. So that was floating through my head, and then I was just praying it out. Um, and really, I expected for some reason to get an opportunity to kick. I thought it was going to come down to that. Um, so I was just trying to get prepared. It's been a roller coaster ride for Leg, who played soccer at Cross Lanes Christian and never appeared in a football game until his debut with West Virginia in 2019. 
This is what the Charleston native had to say when I asked him if he ever dreamed of drilling game winners for the Mountaineers. In reality, especially like a 10-year-old me would have agreed with you and been like, oh yeah, I'd definitely be doing that. But when I, when I look at reality um, and look how God put this together, like there's no way. Um, and I'm super thankful for that. And I was thinking that even before the kick, the gift and the opportunity to play for WVU, because that's my home, um, was something really sweet. Thursday's victory was a huge step for a Mountaineer team that had not yet overcome adversity in a close game. We had chances, obviously, to win game one and game two, and we didn't. I think it's important here at home, too. The people that, that were here tonight, they saw a hell of a football game. You know, and the people that weren't are probably going to be disappointed they didn't see it. It was two teams, not just ours. Baylor battled, too. But, yeah, I think it does. You know, anytime you can win some close games, you know, it helps. For us, I hope this is what it does. It really sets us up for a stretch run. Because, like I said, we've won three or four. Uh, we got to go on the road to a tough place. They're coming off a bye week. But we've got a chance to, to get some win behind us. Now at 3-3, three and three, West Virginia hopes to keep the momentum alive at Texas Tech this Saturday. You know, when our back's against the wall, how are we going to respond? Through the losses that we had, we felt this was a, a good turning point. You know, yeah, we, we're gaining confidence. And, that you know, tonight was a good way to show that, you know, we're, we're getting ready to go on a roll. Thanks for listening. This has been Michael Sussman with this week's Touchdown City Game Recap brought to you by Salango Law. The Touchdown City Show will be back right after this. At Summit Community Bank, we believe in making people our priority. We believe in personalized service and exceptional financial products and services that meet a diverse range of needs. So whether you're saving for college, first-time home shopping, planning for retirement, or managing a small business, Summit is committed to helping you live your best financial life. Visit www.mysummit.bank to learn more. Member FDIC and Equal Housing Lender. It's our liquidation event at Todd Judy Ford. We have just repriced 97 vehicles below market value for immediate liquidation. We have cars, trucks, and SUVs in all price ranges available immediately. And you can start the process right from your phone. Just go to our website or Facebook page to chat with our team. We can send you a link to appraise your own trade using Kelly Blue Book Instant Cash Offer, and we can send you an application for financing. And financing is available for all credit types. Just go to ToddJudyFord.com and see for yourself. Welcome back to the Touchdown City Show. Welcome back to the Touchdown City Show. Thank you guys for checking us out this week on your favorite sports radio station. All right, so let's talk a little bit about the Big 12. It's Listen, the Big 12 is crazy right now. And currently the standings are TCU, K-State, Texas, Oklahoma State, Kansas, Texas Tech, West Virginia, Baylor, Oklahoma, Iowa State. If I told you Baylor, Oklahoma, and Iowa State were going to be at the bottom of the Big 12 standings at any point this season, you would have laughed at me. Absolutely. I, I had no I, – I mean, I thought I had Texas, but I think I had Baylor as number two in my in my bracket of who was going to win. I think I had them winning. <laughs> I'm like, Baylor was going to be the, – the they were so fast last year. I was like, there's no way they're going to lose a game. Yeah, I had them winning it, but it's – a. It's a chaos in the Big 12. You you see it. There's a lot of – I don't want to call them bad teams. There's a lot of teams that are balanced, and they're just pretty good. They're not great. They're all pretty good. I think TCU has looked very good so far. They cleared a huge hurdle yesterday. Um, but they still have some issues with defense, as does Oklahoma State. 
uh, Kansas State can run the ball. I don't know if they can pass it. Iowa State plays really good defense, and here they are. I think they've lost 10-9, to 24-21, uh, mm-hmm. and they lost, it feels like, another close game to someone else. I mean, and they're dead last in the conference, and they're not bad. Our our preseason predictions, the the bottom of the conference, we all had TCU, Texas Tech, and Kansas. Yeah, well. And but, they were all at the top. Right. Yeah. Except for Kansas is in about fifth place yesterday, but, but they're playing with a backup quarterback now. But, but I mean, still, they lose fifty-two to forty-two at Oklahoma. That's respectable for them. Like the last time they went there, they probably got beat seventy to six. Yeah, it, it's crazy. Um, you know, one of the teams that really TCU surprises me. They they moved the football. They looked really good yesterday, and and I just wonder. Let me ask you guys this. I mean, and I'd have to look up the rest of their schedule. And you probably know who they I don't are. I'm not right off the top. I know they play Kansas State Saturday night. So if if they if they're undefeated, does West does the Big Twelve get a team in the playoff? Well, I mean well, Lord have mercy. The way we're going, UCLA plays at Oregon Saturday. If they lose that, the Pac twelve would be all with a loss. You know, Alabama lost yesterday. So Georgia and Tennessee have to play each other. Michigan, if they continue to win in Ohio State, if they continue to win, have to play each other. I would almost say, yeah, they would. They would obviously have to put them in there. You Absolutely. would have to put. You can't justify putting teams with losses in ahead of teams that are undefeated in Power Five conferences. If you want, if you want to say the non-Power Five teams, maybe because they don't play a rough schedule. But I mean, if you go through uh, Oklahoma State, Oklahoma, Texas, Texas Tech, I mean, that's not that's not Cupcake City. So they play K State Saturday, and K State's five five and one or so. They got to come to Morgantown, which you know. You know how that plays out when you got to travel to da- West Virginia. Daniels can throw the ball on it. They have a bad pass defense. WVU will move the football on them. Then they play Texas Tech, Texas, and Baylor. They could navigate. I mean, there's no reason they couldn't win all those, but I'll tell you what, they could lose two of those very easily. Right. And, and uh, you know, te- uh, Texas Tech coming in, I don't know, um, or Kansas State, I don't know if they're going to, um, you know, our 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 strength is is up front. And we run, you know, we we our run defense is really good. So I don't see us losing that game. Kansas State and Iowa State are the only two teams left that are like real, real run heavy. I mean, TCU runs it, but they also have those two receivers, man, and those guys are good. Oh yeah, they're big too. Yeah, yeah. Who do you guys think is going to play in Dallas in the Big Twelve Championship? Texas and TCU. I'm going to say uh, West Virginia and Texas. It would take literally planes falling out of the sky before we would play in that game. We're out of it. We we lost two games. We're out. We lost two games. But you, that means you got to win the rest. They go, well, that's they, what they, I they mean. They got to win the rest. That's, I mean, I'm not planning on losing. Like, I'm, not shit. Say, I'm not gonna say. I'm not gonna. Say, <laughs> I'm not gonna say they're gonna they're gonna lose the rest or win the rest. I'll say this: there's only one that I'm not confident in what to expect, and that's Oklahoma State because it's down there, and it, West Virginia has a hard time in Stillwater. I say this. I say this. They have to. They have to play the game too. Oh yeah, and, absolutely. And their quarterback has to survive just like everybody yep. else's quarterback. Yep. And if if we if we do what we supposed to do, because again, I, I would I would say our, our DBs would have to get. They would have to get a lot better um, going forward. But I think we can win it, man. I think there's going to be just a lot of shootouts. That's what I expect. Like I think TCU and Kansas State this Saturday. I know Kansas State runs the ball, but I think that they can control that clock. If Martinez, if the good Taylor Martinez comes, that'll be a great game because mm-hmm. it's in it's in Manhattan. I mean, that'll be a great ball game. Kansas State could easily beat them, but I I don't know. I mean, it's chaos in the Big Twelve right now. 
West Virginia still has to play Texas Tech, TCU, Iowa State, Oklahoma, and K-State at the end of the season, which I think is a road game. No, K-State's home. Oklahoma State's the road game at the end. Okay. Don't don't doubt what he's saying. Yeah, Oklahoma <laughs> State's the road game at the end. Oh, yeah, so K-State's at home. Yeah. Now, sitting at 3-3, three and three, knowing what we know, because I think we pretty much know the identity of this football team, do you guys want to reshuffle your – I know Avon doesn't, but do you want to reshuffle <laughs> your, shuffle your wins and losses? And my question is really, can West Virginia get bowl eligible? To me, again, I, I you know, winning them all is is going to take you know everybody getting better. I, I I'm I'm sure you know our our Achilles heel has been Texas Tech. If we can get past them, I think we could beat everybody else. And and I mean, obviously Oklahoma State is going to be a struggle for us. But if we can get past Texas Tech, I I I know we can win the rest of them. I said five and seven, I think before the season started, and that's what I'm sticking with. I think West Virginia, to get bowl eligible, West Virginia will have to to pull one off on the road. They're going to have to win at Texas Tech or at Iowa State to get bowl eligible, in my opinion. And then they're going to have to beat Oklahoma, K State, and TCU at home, or just two, or of the two, three. two of the three, two of the three. Sorry. So uh, Listen, one of one of Kansas State or TCU because they can beat Oklahoma. Yeah, my opinion is it's very doable to get bowl eligible. And and here's the crazy thing: so if they get bowl eligible, then they go to a bowl, which they're probably going to the Liberty Bowl. To play an SEC opponent. Oh God! Probably, you know somebody in the middle of the p- bottom of the pack of the SEC. Be like a Mississippi State. Yeah, and let's say you win, you finish seven and five, and you started zero and two. Are people happy with I mean, that? So, so I, we're. Why do you want to fire this guy? Like, come on, man! Like, no, he. I didn't that, say. I you just didn't asked. say it, but we know where you were going with it. I, I think it's. I think it's a legitimate question, though, because see, here's where here's where I go. I'm not saying to fire him or not fire him. That's not my decision to make. I'm looking at it this way: Where is West Virginia getting better? Is eight and five? If they finish, say they win, what five? That'd be five out of seven to finish. Mm-hmm. Is eight and five really good enough for WVU? And you look around the country at these other coaching stops. Now, I know WVU is a harder job than some of them. I get that. I understand that. But, like, TCU's in their first year with a coach. Right. TCU's in their first year with a coach. Kansas is in year two. Kansas – I mean, Kansas is – and it's an impossible job, in my opinion. All these other coaches are having early success where Neil Brown is still technically under 500 as head coach at WVU, and, and he's in year four. And what matters to me, too, are you picking up quality wins? Are we are we going to pull an upset the rest of the way? That could go a long way, knocking off an Oklahoma State, a TCU. He needs that signature victory. That, yeah, I mean, the best team that they've beaten so far under Brown is arguably Kansas State in, 20, in the COVID year. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it's just – I'm not saying to fire him. I'm not saying not to fire him. It's just – what do you want as Mountaineer fans? I mean, if you're saying eight and five is good enough and they finish eight and five, will you keep him? But like, as a Mountaineer fan, so far to me, it's been subpar performance from him. I, I agree. I think everybody knows that's what it is. But we can't, we can't go fire. We can't fire him because one, he costs too much. Two, um, his replacement is going to have to go through the same thing. You know, well, let me say that. We hope his replacement doesn't have to, but there's going to be that. Oh well, we gotta. He's got to win three games to to. to you know, he's got three years to get done. So I don't know, man. It's it's, it's one of those things, man. I, hey, listen. After starting zero and two, I'd be very happy to be to finish the season seven and five. I'd be, I'd be a great finish to the season. I'm not saying it wouldn't. <laughs> yeah. All right. When we come back, we're going to go through some of the highlights of, of yesterday's games uh, throughout college football. We'll do all that after this. 
The Touchdown City Show will be back right after this. Where do you go to buy your sports memorabilia? Hmm. Your answer needs to be Sports Fans in Taze Valley. Sports Fans has WVU and Marshall shirts, hats, autographed merchandise, gifts, and more. NBA, MLB, NFL, and other NCAA teams. Shop in store at Liberty Square in Taze Valley and online at Sports with an S, Fans with a Z, WV.com. Sports Fans, the Canal Valley source for all things sports. Get more bank for your business with United Bank. Whether you'd like to start a business, purchase commercial real estate or equipment, United Bank can help. We support business development throughout our great state, making business and consumer loans and fueling opportunities. Small business owners' dreams come true and larger corporations grow. What can we do for your business? United Bank, West Virginia's bank. Proud to be united with the Mountaineers. Equal housing lender, member FDIC. Welcome back to the Touchdown City Show. Welcome back to the Touchdown City Show. Thanks for checking us out this week, and don't forget to swing by and visit our friends at Sports Fans, Sports with an S, Fans with a Z, WV.com, Sports Fans, WV.com. Use the t- Touchdown City code TDC10 for a ten- 10% discount. Again, that's Sports Fans, Sports with an S, Fans with a Z, WV.com, 10% discount. TDC 10 is the discount code. All right, Michael, what do you have for us as far as uh, what what went on this weekend in college football? All right, we'll start in the Big 12. Oklahoma knocks off Kansas 52-42. to A big bounce back for the Sooners. Guys, it's really hard to figure out this Big 12 this year. Uh, are the Sooners maybe going to make a little second-half run? No. <laughs> <laughs> they still gave up 42 points. I don't know if anybody – I watched that game, and it was 21-14, to and a player for Oklahoma made a fantastic interception. Did anybody see the one-handed grab yeah, that guy it, made? Yeah. He made a great play. That kind of changed the game because to that point, neither team, it was just like a tennis match. They were just holding serve up and down the field. But, no, I don't think Oklahoma makes a run. I still think they have some issues on defense. Uh, even with their quarterback back, I just don't think they can get enough stops against certain teams. But, I mean, stranger things have happened, I guess, but I don't see it. Yeah, Kansas' defense basically just let them down yesterday because they gave up some 700 yards yep. total offense, 400 of them through the air. Oh and that's what everyone's been saying, wait till they have to that, try to stop somebody yep. and they're not going to be able to, unfortunately. Offensively, though, Kansas has it going. Oh, I think Kansas is fine on offense. I think they're very well coached, too. That's a credit to uh, Leipold. I mean, that's a very well coached football team. And, you know, even with a backup quarterback, they put up 42 in Norman. They've probably only done that maybe once or twice. Yeah, they, they played well. They played extremely mm. well. And staying in the Big 12, the Texas Longhorns pick up their third straight win, edging Iowa State 24-21. to Derek, scale of 1 to 10, what level of back is Texas at this point? <laughs> I honestly have no idea. They're so inconsistent. But I'm, I'm going to give them – I'll give them a 7. I'll give them a good 7, although I've watched that game too. They, uh, they were up 24-21, and Iowa State's quarterback threw a ball to a wide-open wide receiver, and it bounced off of his chest at the 8-yard line. If he catches it, they're first and goal at the 8 with maybe a minute and a half left. They might win that game. And then they still move the ball down – 
fumbled the football in the red zone to, you know, going in for at least probably a tie to go to overtime. So Texas is a mystery. I mean, they'll, you know, who knows? They might come out next week. They're favored at Oklahoma State. They might win by 40. They might lose by 40. Well, and Iowa State left 10 more out there. They missed a field goal, and also they threw the pick early in the game yes. in the end zone. Yes. So Iowa State should have knocked them off. could have knocked them off easily, yes. And that's a game where people going, going into it were saying that Iowa State just can't score. And, I mean, clearly they didn't score a ton, but they they shot themselves in the foot. But 15-and-a-half-point underdog or something, they hung in there. I mean, and yeah, they, they could have won that game easily. And the, and the fumble at the end of the game was controversial. They could have called targeting, I thought, and they could have called him down. It was, it was very close. Good and, ball game, though. And then the Tide falls for the first time this year, losing 52-49 to 49 in Knoxville to Tennessee. It was an extraordinary Ooh, no. game. They Rocky rushed top. the field, even dropped the goalpost in the river afterwards. <laughs> what did you guys think of that one? I mean, I'm not surprised that, that, that Alabama lost. I'm surprised in the fashion that Nick Saban lost. What happened to his teams? They used to just play power football. Remember, Henry would just get out there. He'd control the clock and just run up and down the field all over you, and they'd beat you 31-27. to 27. Now he's losing. he loses 52-49. to 49. I, I was surprised at how open the Tennessee receivers were and how how, how Alabama struggled to, to even keep up with them. The one guy caught five touchdowns. Well, historically, though, if you want to beat Alabama, you got to score. I mean, you, you got to throw it over the bunch, top. But, and you got to, yeah, you can't beat them in a, like, you're not going to beat them in a phone booth. You're going to go out there and run the ball 50 times for 250 so yards. So watching that game, I, I think we have a new star. Like, this quarterback that Tennessee oh. has is. Phenomenal. He's got to be the. He's got to be the Heisman, Heisman front runner he's anyway. Be, like he's been playing lights out the entire year. So I mean, watching that game, I was. I, I knew they were going to lose because they. I mean, this dude had nine seconds and he came back and won the game. It was phenomenal. I, well, listen, don't forget Bryce Young yesterday. He showed. He was fantastic. The, the, the Heisman, Stroud, Young, Hendon Hooker. All three of those guys have got to be up there, but I would call I would call Hooker the leader right now because he's done the most in the biggest game that's been played so far. I think what happened had to happen yesterday was Young was going to have to lead a comeback to win, and he probably could have just put it in the bag because he he put up 455 yards yesterday. <laughs> he missed a big throw late though. He missed a big throw yeah. late. Yep. And then we'll take it back to the Mountain State for our final headline: the fans getting the first look at the WVU basketball team. They had their gold and blue game debut. Coming on the heels of a last-place Big 12 finish a season ago, but it's a new-look squad. Bob Huggins gave us the preseason we can shoot this year a couple weeks back. What do we think about the Mountaineers? <laughs> Derek I'm, just looks at me. I'm, uh, I'm a, I'll believe that they can shoot when I actually see it. I've heard that for several years now. I mean, you know, it's not a knock or anything. It's just it's the truth. They struggled to shoot the basketball for several years. Uh, you know, you finished last again. I think they're projected to finish ninth, I think is what I saw. So, I mean, they've struggled the last two out of the last four years. I mean, hopefully the transfers that came in can shoot the ball. Hopefully they prove us wrong and make the shots. But for now, I'll, I'll hold my reserve until I see them play an actual game. <laughs> you know, offensively, well, 89% of the scoring is gone, gone from this team. Yep. So you've got to have the transfers and a bunch of young guys really – you've got to find some scores. And they're going to struggle early because somebody's got to – You know they're going to defend. You yeah. know they're going to defend. But they're going to struggle early because somebody's going to have to take leadership. Yep. You know, last year, Taz, early, and yep. you were waiting for someone else. You were waiting for some. I mean, nobody could really do yep. anything with Taz, but there was just no help. No. You know. And then um, another crazy stat I wanted – and I think I texted to you. Listen to this. With this new transfer portal, 
you know, people love this until 69 players in the Big 12 basketball left the conference. That's seven players a team. <laughs> That's the way the wow. transfer portal is. If you don't play now, you leave. Yeah. yeah I mean, I, I can't blame some of the kids for transferring. Well, how many did WVU have leave? McNeil, right off the top of my head. McNeil left. Three or four. Uh, Cottrell left. Bridges. Bridges. There's three right off the top of my head. Yeah, it's it's it, you know you're talking about almost seven players per team. That's that's just a lot of transfers, but and you, I don't know how any teams in the Big Twelve can really function that way. I, I, I get it, I get it, but we got it. We got to think about how many coaches are about to be fired. Oh, that too. Yeah, that's going to have a so so. I'm, we're talking football now. Coaches get fired. Now that whole that whole thing starts over again as well. So let's keep that in mind. Those those coaches are about to leave, not get fired. They're probably going to leave, go get a better job, and now everybody's in turmoil as well. So. It's a business now. No, don't you know? Let's look at it both ways now, Mister no. Mister. Uh, there's a Lewis. lot. There's a lot going to get fired. Let's oh yeah, be, it's too. a new. It's a new era. There's a lot. There's. I mean, there's been what five or six already fired. There's going to be seven or eight more minimum right. getting fired. I'm surprised Auburn hadn't fired their coach yet. He might be fired by the time we came in here. Well, that's what happens. All right, guys. Let's talk about it this weekend. West Virginia at Texas Tech. They're going down to the land of Buddy Holly in Lubbock, Texas. Uh, Three thirty. West Virginia at Texas Tech. The monkey is on Neil Brown's back. Will the Mountaineers pull off a victory this weekend? I thought it was three. Is it three or three thirty? Three. It's somewhere in there. It's, it's uh, the mid afternoon game. <laughs> well, he's never beat Texas Tech, so you know where I'm going. I'll take Texas Tech in a wild shootout, <laughs> forty to thirty four. Yeah, he hasn't. He hasn't beat Texas. I don't think. I don't think any coaches beat Texas Tech in the last seven years. It's been ridiculous. Uh, us playing them guys, and and again, I, I feel like. This is when Neil was going to take the stride and get us uh, on on a way. I mean, right now I'm three and three. Derek is four and two. He wants me to catch him, so that is what it's going to be. I'm gonna go with the Mountaineers, thirty. Because I mean, it's going they're going to score some points. They they're going to score points because they're going to throw the ball, and you know we can't guard anybody one to one. So <laughs> it's going to be it's going to be you know Avon and Derek um, uh, tied for first. Uh, but I'm going to say the Mountaineers are going to win. 37 to 30. Well, I'm going to take the Mountaineers this week because I'm trying to move up in the standings. <laughs> and I feel like this is this could be the year. I mean, we can we can score points. This is a winnable game. Very winnable. This is a winnable game. So, I, I like West Virginia this week. I still think they're going to put up some numbers. Um, I look for West Virginia to get into the mid-40s with this. I, I, expect, I expect a shootout, a yeah. wild, crazy shootout, just like the Baylor game. Yeah, and, and and I think Neil finally gets that monkey up his back. And I you know, I don't want to hear any coaches though like, Well, we had this one circled. You know, I heard somebody say that about Kansas or something and we lost, but um you know, I think what they can go down there and get this win and this will be the one win that I have on my books here for the victory because um I don't know about Iowa State or Oklahoma State, but I think this is the one that you can get on the road. That's for sure. Yeah, it should be an interesting game. I, I'm, I, it's a winnable game, though. I think West Virginia can win. I'm just going to pick them to lose because when I pick them to lose, they play better. Yeah. Yeah. So November fifth is when you have your your game, right? I mean, your uh, watch party, right? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yes, yeah, it's the reason why you probably don't pick us to win. But <laughs> but yeah. So so yeah, I'm I'm, I'm I just want to throw that out there, guys. We, we're probably going to lose because he jinxes us um, on that uh, Ohio, Ohio Iowa State game. But you know, we, he he's on he's on our team now. All right. Well, thank you guys for checking out the Touchdown City Show this week. And we'll be back next week, hopefully celebrating the Mountaineer victory in Lubbock. Thanks for listening.
To hear more of the Touchdown City Show, subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, or Spotify. The Touchdown City Show is produced by Anthony Lewis in partnership with HD Media, the Charleston Gazette Mail. Get your Touchdown City podcast merchandise by visiting touchdowncity.com.